I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors wrapped up quite possibly their most stress-free game one ever and... um I say stress-free because I know some people were stressing, and, and really, you really should not have against the Brooklyn Nets. Well, the Raptors finished the game by a final score of 134-110 to 110 to take a one to nothing advantage over the Nets. But before I go on to recap this game, I got to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now. Ever since the playoffs started, you can't get buckets out of your head. And you're not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets, all right? You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. It happens to me all the time. One minute I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off? Four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. Wow, that is a meal. Uh, but don't worry, it's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during actual games. Probably just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Raptors, man, uh, I don't know why people are so stressed. Okay, so the Raptors went up 33 points in the first half. Uh, it was 68-35 to 35 midway through the second quarter. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, the Raptors came out incredible. I thought, you know, Kyle Lowry really set the tone in that first half. I mean, I think Kyle and the Raptors understood that if they played with focus, if they played with effort, and they played with some concentration, they were going to be fine in the series against the Nets, right? Um, and, yeah, I mean, I thought Kyle really came out early, set the tone for this team. I mean, Kyle... He took three charges in the first half. Um, I thought one of the plays of the game was when the Raptors were up, I don't know, man, 25 points maybe, uh, heading into halftime. And, you know, I think Fred got a deflection on the perimeter. There was 1.1 seconds left on the clock for the Nets to get something. The inbounded to Joe Harris in the corner. Marc Gasol was right there. And Kyle Lowry, this is how intense he was playing. With 1.1 seconds left, Kyle Lowry flies out to the corner and blocks a corner three from Joe Harris at the end of the half. There was no way that three was even going in, but that that, that just spoke to sort of how hard Kyle was playing that first half. Like I mentioned, man, three charges taken in the first half. Uh, uh, just a hilarious number. Uh, at one point, he stopped a three-on-one fast break with a charge, which is very, very difficult to do. Uh, and Kyle was really just... Um, setting the tone, but the rest of the Raptors, man, I mean, it's not like he had to, like, come out and set the tone with the rest of the team. Uh, I mean, the rest of the Raptors responded. Uh, the Raptors starting five played really well together. Um, you know, you look at just the plus-minus numbers, right? Siaka plus 10, OG plus, plus 18, Mark plus 7, Kyle plus 26, because, of course, Fred plus 14. All the starters were playing well. All the starters were uh, shooting the ball well. And, yeah, I mean, the Raptors, you know, just jumped all over the net. I mean, it was... The jokes were flying. I mean, midway through um, the the first half, I mean, people were talking about, you know, look, this is the time where you just got to, like, if you're playing a video game, you just turn it off, you reset, you try again. 
Um, for Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn was... I felt like they were teetering a little bit too because, like, their head coach, Jock Vaughn, I mean, he called a coach's challenge on just, like, a super innocuous play that, that you know, where Mark and... Um, who it was Rodion's Kuruks got their arms tangled up together underneath the basket, and the refs had already went back and reviewed it essentially and, and called it a foul. Then they char- they decided to review it anyway, still a foul. Raptors didn't even shoot free throws. Like that was just like I could tell. Like it felt like the Nets were obviously losing control. When you're, I mean, when you're down 33 points midway through the second quarter, as a Raptor fan, I've been there. Okay, I mean, you know, sometimes you're playing LeBron and he's dunking over Damari Carroll, and you're like, damn, okay, I, I, I guess we don't need to be here. And that's how it kind of felt uh, for the Nets. Uh, now, I give the Nets credit because they made this huge comeback uh, between pretty much the middle of maybe the end of the second quarter. They had a, they finished the quarter strong, and then the third quarter, the Raptors, you know, really, really did not have um, a control of things. The Nets outscored them thirty-five to twenty-two in the uh, third quarter. But yeah, there was this run there where the Nets. Outscored the Raptors uh, 44 to 22 and, you know, made a lot of great plays and um, they showed a lot of heart. And, you know, it's a good reminder that, you know, um, the Nets are here for a reason. Obviously, you know, pretty much nine of their top guys are out. Um, but at the same time, like, this is still a team that can do some damage. This is still a team that plays a lot of pride. They play hard. They got shooters, man. I mean, uh, Timothy Luwawu Cabarro. Oh, my goodness. This guy is. Making everything. Uh, 9 of 13 from the field for 26 points for Luawu Cabarro. And, um, yeah, they, they made this big comeback. So, you know, you, you got to give them a lot of credit, obviously. You know, they're 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 a tough team. Um, and, you know, that's if you listen to any of the preview podcasts, that's what I said. Like, it's it's they, they will make you work for the wins. Uh, this is not a team that's just going to roll over. This isn't like the Washington Wizards or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the Sacramento Kings, they were really bad in the bubble, too, but... You know, the Nets, despite being injured, they have guys. They, they, they can play. They move the ball. They play fast. They shoot. Um, they can't really defend because of their personnel. They're just so small. Like, at one point, um, the Nets in the second quarter played a lineup of five wings. And their tallest guy was, like, Joe Harris. So, Joe Harris was playing center. Um, he's a shooting guard. Uh, yeah, but he was playing center. It was, like, a lineup of, like, him, Luau Cabarro. Levert, maybe Temple, and like Chioza, who's like five eight. Uh, yeah, it, it's a weird lineup, but you know the Nets. You know they could they could do some damage. You know, and, and I think they're. I think they. It's good. Almost. I'm actually almost a little bit happy that they made this comeback. Not because it stressed me out, because it did not stress me out. I saw the people stressing, but just to like give the Raptors a taste of the fact that yeah, this team can really do well. Um, you know they they you know if you're if you're if you're not playing a full effort, they will make you pay a little bit, but. On the whole, I mean, you know, uh, um, yeah, the Raptors are just much better than this team. There's the thing, like, there's so many mismatches, right? They're just mismatches. If you just look at the starting five, for example, they, they're starting a guy like Kuruks at power forward because, let's see, uh, Wilson Chandler's hurt. He was their bench power forward. Torian Prince is hurt. He was he started for power forward for them, um, you know. It's it's tough. Obviously, Kevin Durant would actually start a power four for this team, but he's been out the whole year, obviously, because of what happened last year in the finals. And so they got Kuruks playing power four. This man had six fouls in 16 minutes. Uh, you know, 
just was completely out of sorts, you know, trying to guard guys like Siakam, even Gasol, like, he played some small ball center with Kuruks, he got dominated down low, like, they're just small, and there's mismatches, Raptors, every time they throw the ball into Siakam in the post, there's a double team, they can play out of that, they can give the ball to Mark, and Mark can score, Mark had 13 points in 21 minutes, I think that's his best effort inside the bubble, Serge Ibaka, also a guy who's down low, again, their backup center is, what, Deontay Hall, he's like, six foot eight, and he's an undrafted rookie, um, going against Serge Ibaka, who is, you know, uh, a, a solid vet, a really good vet, having a really good year, obviously inside the bubble, he hasn't done great, but today, 22 points, seven rebounds, three assists, on eight of 14 shooting for Serge, they just have mismatches, and that's the thing you can't get around in the playoffs, is when you have mismatches, right, you, you, you know, the playoffs are so much about, you know, creating an advantage, playing through that, being adaptable, because, you know, teams will adjust, you know, they can swarm the post, whatever, they can do some stuff, right? It's not saying these guys are unguardable down low, I'm not saying Marcus Gasol is unguardable right now, but, you know, when you have to adjust, you know, can you play other, you know, ways And the Raptors, I mean, pretty much however you wanted the Raptors to play, the Raptors were dominating the Nets to that. If it, it was perimeter play for the Raptors, you know, Fred and Kyle getting, you know, a combined, what, uh, 46 points, Fred leading the way with 30 points and 11 assists, um... You know, you you got, uh, you know, Siakam playing a little bit on the perimeter, too. You got OG, you know, hitting his threes. Uh, you got Norm coming in, giving you a little sharp boost. You got Terrence Davis coming in, giving you 11 points. You know, uh, it's tough. And then, of course, if you go down low, you know, the Raptors are good down low, too. So, it, it's, I feel a little bit bad for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they did, you know, compete. They did play hard. Um, and they, they did play through their their their, their temporary superstar. I wouldn't say Lavert's a superstar, but I wouldn't even say he's a star yet, but... Um, they they did play a lot through Lavert, and he played well. I mean, he had 15 assists today, and I thought that was actually, to me, the most interesting part of this game was sort of that chess match that went on with how the Raptors guarded Lavert and how the Nets adjusted to how the Raptors guarded Lavert. Now, early in the game, what they did was a little surprising, so they didn't put OG on Lavert. So here's the thing with the nicknames: I feel like he likes to go with stuff that's not obvious because it's probably easier and more obvious. Because I, I, I feel like if you're the Nets and you're looking at it, you're like, all right, we got the 6-6 slasher in Levert. Uh, the Net, the Raptors have their best perimeter wing defender is OG Anobi. You know, we would expect OG to be guarding Levert. Let's do all these preparations. You know, let's see, you know, OG's tendencies. Let's try to study that. Let's try to attack that. Let's try to focus on that in practice. Because that feels like the matchup. And then all of a sudden you show up. And you're like, oh, actually, it's Kyle Lowry guarding him for most of the game. And then it's Fred guarding him for most of the game, and it's just it's just different, you know what I mean? It's 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 unorthodox even, and um, yeah, I mean I th- I thought first up, you know, interesting strategy by Nick Nurse, right? In fact, OG didn't even if you thought okay maybe OG doesn't guard Levert, maybe OG guards Joe Harris, maybe he shuts down the shooter, didn't do that either. OG was on Garrett Temple, and so early in the game, essentially what the Raptors did at the start was they had Fred and Kyle really dig into Levert. I thought Kyle at the beginning was so energetic in terms of his defense in leading the team and trying to pressure Levert. You know, it's one position where, you know, Levert was trying to dribble against Kyle, lost his dribble, had to go back and get it back, you know, and then drove into the lane, contested by Kyle the whole way, put up this little push floater. And I thought, you know, and of course that missed and the Raptors got the rebound and ran. And I thought that was a big play just because Levert literally was so focused on trying to win that matchup that he did not pass and probably dribbled the ball 20 times on that on that possession. And, and you know, that isn't just never going to... You're never going to win like that. Uh, not just as the Nets, but as anybody, okay? Um, 
But it was unorthodox. And so the Raptors will put the guards on Levert. They will try to deny him with a three-point line, pressure him towards help, towards the middle of the floor. And, you know, when he got past that screen in the middle of the floor, uh, that's where a third defender would jump into the play, usually from the opposite uh, wing. And whoever was on the wing, they were helping off the wing and really just plugging the paint for Levert. I mean, this is not an unusual strategy. The Raptors used this... I don't know, pretty much against everybody. Jimmy Butler, LeBron, Dame Lillard, you know, Kawhi. Like, they've done it to every, basically, a star wing. Um, And at first, the Nets weren't adjusting well to it. Their spacing was not good. They weren't expecting this defense. Now, I'll give the Nets a lot of credit because, actually, pretty much after a slow start, they got their offense going, you know, in the second quarter, even at the end of the first quarter, too, where, you know, they got Levert. Uh, better spacing because they put better shooters near the ball. So their best shooters right now are Timothy Luau Cabro and uh, Joe Harris. And so instead of having a guy like Garrett Temple be on the uh, the, the opposite wing where the guy is going to help off of and Garrett, you know, solid veteran player, but one of ten from three today. Clearly, the Raptors are willing to leave this guy, and you know they you know clearly bet uh, right in leaving him. Um, but instead, they got Joe Harris in that spot. They got Timothy Lawal Cavalry in that spot. Hit a couple of threes. Now, the Raptors' offense was blazing hot at to, in the first half. I mean, they scored, what, 73 points in the first half? So it didn't matter that the Nets were sort of uh, scoring a little bit better. Uh, but in that third quarter, the Raptors, you know, got a little disjointed on their offense, got a little individualistic with their offense. Kyle cooled off. You know, Pascal had a couple of possessions where he was forcing it. Uh, and they weren't making as many threes for a short stretch. And all of a sudden, the Nets were able to get a get out in transition, but B also, uh, you know, they were able to uh, just torch the Raptors. I mean, Lavert fifteen assists. So many of those were just straight passes to the wing, to the guy who's helping off one pass away and, and shooting. Sometimes seen from the corner as well. I mean, Lavert was just finding shooters, doing a really good job moving the ball. And honestly, to his credit, even though he didn't have an efficient game scoring the ball, fifteen points on five, fourteen shooting, but Lavert was able to stay aggressive. Uh, and, and always be a credible threat to attack the basket. You know, he's got this really weird um, timing and pacing to the way he drives the basketball. Um, he takes these really long strides, and he's also pretty powerful in terms of how he can get a shot off. So a little bit unpredictable as to how he's going to drive. A little bit DeRozan-esque in that way. He's got really good footwork. Um, and so he's able to get to the rim a couple times. He was at the finish, you know, and one over surge, not easy to do a couple other plays here and there, but Laver was aggressive. He was collapsing the defense. He was kicking it out and the nets. I mean, the second and third quarter for the nets, they scored 66 points between the two quarters there. So that strategy was clearly working. And then I thought it was interesting that Nick nurse kind of adjusted once again in the fourth quarter, right? And this is what I mean. The central chess matches is basically how they guarded Lavert because First, he comes out with a great strategy. Then Levert sort of solves it. The Nets sort of solve it. Good coaching by the part of Jock Mon. And then the Raptors adjusted by saying, okay, instead of putting our point guard and, and sort of allowing you to play pick and roll and involving a third defender, what we're going to do is trap you, essentially, right? So Surge, instead of having Surge and Mark, well, in really fourth quarter, Mark didn't play. It was only Surge. But instead of having uh, the center and the paint sort of protecting us, you know, just an added layer of defense, let's have the center press you all the way at the three-point line. So Serge is able to come out well beyond the three-point arc, pressure Levert, and basically force Levert to give up the ball. Levert now, a lot of times, you know, the Nets weren't expecting him. The Nets like to use that screener from Allen to set one screen for the ball, then move off the ball to set another screen for Joe Harris and have him curl. They have a lot of actions like that. So a lot of plays, you know, Allen wasn't even in position to catch the ball and reverse the ball, making a play off of like a four-on-three situation. 
um, a lot of times, you know, Allen just wasn't actually focused or he was looking elsewhere. Or even when he did get the ball, he's not really much of a shooter. He can't really shoot from three, can't really dribble the ball. Uh, you can sort of rotate. And so the Raptors were able to trap, get Levert off the ball, just force him off the ball. And that worked. That was enough defense for the fourth quarter. The Raptors, obviously, offensively, they picked it back up. Uh, Fred made some ridiculous threes. TD came in, gave them a little shot in the arm. Surge was active around the glass. He finished. Pascal got to the free throw line. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, the size thing, being the factor, because OG Anobi had one of the plays of the game where he collected an offensive rebound off of, like, three nets, out jumped three nets, uh, just one versus three, got the rebound, you know, came down with it, uh, seamlessly moved into a spin move, and then uh, went up strong for a two-handed dunk, threw the foul, I think, I forget who won the nets, fouled him, slapped him right across the arm, but OG still had the strength to finish through and dunk the ball for an and one. You know, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors just some more talent. And and here's the thing with the thing, with, with the LaVert matchup is, okay, so, you know, let's say the Nets go through this game one tape, which of course they will. They're going to go through this tape and they're like, okay, this is how they, this is their plan B for LaVert. Okay, so maybe in that situation, we can recognize a little bit faster, maybe use different guys to, to set the screen instead of always using Allen, use a shooter. Then all of a sudden, if LaVert's, you know, getting trapped at half court, but he gives up the ball to a shooter, then, you know, maybe he opens, he can hit the three, or maybe, you know, Raptors close out, he can drive and, and, you know, create an open shot somewhere else. There's adjustments. I'm not saying that that's like some sort of checkmate adjustment. Um, but that's the thing with the Raptors, man. It's not like they only have plan A and plan B. They got plan C, too. Like, somewhere down the line, the Raptors could just say, you know what, we'll just put OG Anobi on Lavert. Keep it real simple, all right? Lavert's not a good three-point shooter. Right, streaky. He can do it, but not a good three-point shooter. Old suit today. He's shooting like twenty-six percent in the bubble. He's a career thirty-four percent three-point shooter. We can have OG guard Lavert, go under a couple screens, keep it real conservative, two-on-two perimeter defense in terms of that pick and roll uh, with Lavert, and we can do that because OG has the strength. He has the um, the the length to guard a guy like Lavert. You know, Lavert. A lot of his, uh, uh, you know talent is the fact that he's a really hard driver he's really shifty with his moves but he's also really strong he's deceptively strong he's a really wiry guy but because he's able to move guys around you can't move og around man <laughs> og's like six six foot eight 230 pounds he's got like i don't know at least 20 pounds on lavert and he's longer than him with the seven foot two wingspan and he's taller than him and he's got foot speed you know you know, if if all this other stuff doesn't work, if Kyle and Fred pressuring Lavert and then a help defender coming in or trapping a half court, all this other complicated stuff doesn't work, they could just go to the simple matchup with OG, and I believe that will work too. So, uh, you know, that's that's where again, if you have a talent disadvantage, uh, it's just tough. I don't know what else to say, but it's uh, you know the Nets are, you know, even uh, even though I want to give them lots of credit and I think they played well and they competed. There's still a team missing like nine players, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, Offensively, yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle got it going early, but Fred was the guy throughout the game where it was like, if you give the ball to Fred at any point, he's going to deliver. And Fred tonight, man, 30 points, 11 assists, two rebounds, two steals, and 39 minutes. It's not even necessarily the scoring, it's like how confident Fred was. Like, the way I would describe it is Fred played the entire game like it was a heat check, and every time he checked, the temperature it was like yeah he's still hot okay because some of the moves he was making was just rude i mean it was like kick out to fred leaning out of bounds yeah he'll make that shot he'll, he'll hit that shot the center closing down on him a guy you know like 
you know, a foot taller than him and Allen with a ridiculous, like, you know, pterodactyl wingspan, closing down on Fred, no problem, you know, through contact, driving to the rim, no problem. And then, like, man, when he had rookies, like, um, what's this guy's name? Jeremiah Martin, man, the things that he did to this rookie, Jeremiah Martin, uh, one play in the second half, you know, Fred's driving it down in transition. Nets are making a little bit of a comeback, you know, like, oh, man, it's under 10 points. Some people are freaking out because, you know, whatever, you know, I guess they're used to the old Raptors. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, man, Fred just drove down, hard drive, stop on a dime. And it was actually funny. If you go back and watch this highlight, especially like the the, the baseline camera angle, Oh, not the baseline, the, the sideline camera angle, where you got to see Martin's legs, like, just move, like, in a circle, and you could tell he wants to go to the perimeter, but his feet just take, like, four extra steps into the lane, because that's how hard Fred crossed him up, and then, of course, Fred hit the three. Fred was ridiculous today, man, ridiculous, and, of course, once he got into the paint, he was able to kick out to find guys for shooters, you know, OG had a nice night shooting the ball, Raptors as a whole had a nice night shooting the ball, um... But Fred, bro, <laughs> Fred, 8 of 10 from 3. Uh, and it's, you know, especially in that third quarter where the Nets were making that run, uh, a lot of those, you know, shots that the Nets were making were answered by Fred, who was just ridiculous tonight, man. I mean, um, yeah, it, it looked like a continuation of what um, Fred did to uh, Steph Curry and Quinn Cook in the finals last year. And, you know, I just don't think people should be surprised. I mean, Fred VanVleet, as as far as I'm concerned, was the Finals MVP. I know Kawhi obviously won it, but Fred got that vote. He's a Finals MVP in my book, and he played like it today, man. He, no fear, no you know, no hesitation, nothing. Like he was just, and it wasn't taking bad shots either. He was just aggressive, and and you know what, man? Like when he has, first off, when has Fred ever played against a guy shorter than him? Okay, because the Nets bring in a guy like Chris Chioza, uh, and Fred legitimately, you know has, like, two inches and, like, probably 30 pounds on Chioza and just driving the guy to the rim. I mean, Fred, you know, sometimes has issues finishing because he's short. You can't guard this man with someone shorter than him, man. Come on. Like, that's... it's He's already torching guys taller than him. It's just making it a little too easy for him now. And whoever else, man, you know, uh, Martin, Tyler Johnson, you know, Lavert Temple, like, man, Fred was just taking on all comers. He was scoring. Um, and honestly, you know... Again, the Raptors just had advantages all across the floor. Like, you know, part of the reason this was a blowout is because both units were playing well. The Raptors bench came in, gave great contributions. If you heard this podcast in the last eight seeding games, you would know that, yeah, they've had issues, okay? Serge has struggled mightily. You know, he rested the last three games, but, you know, uh, he came in, was entirely different than the way Serge was playing in the first couple of seeding games. Surge, 22 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 2 of 4 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, was aggressive right from the jump, you know, Raptors very, very temporarily had like a, a two-center lineup, maybe it was only for like 30 seconds, like honestly, like no more than 3-4 possessions. Uh, first possession, Surge was able to get Allen on the baseline, just hit like a little, not even a fadeaway, just like a baseline jumper over him, maybe 12 uh, feet, uh, then Surge hit a 3, then Surge got a mid-range look. And Serge was just rolling from there. You got Serge a couple of easy looks early on. And he, you know, the shot looks much better. Uh, two of four from three. I like when Serge actually takes 10 two-point shots and only four three-point shots. It really tells me that Serge is active in the paint, really getting, um, you know, offensive rebounds, you know, getting into the mix for putbacks and stuff like that, rolling hard to the basket. You know, Serge got the jumper going early. Then he got to the rim. And again, this is a series where Serge should really feast because the Nets, not only do they have guys like Dante Hall guarding him, um, 
but they also have a scheme defensively that really ignores the center. You know, they're really trying to pack the paint because, again, you look at the starting five, right? Lavert's 6'6", Gary Temple's like 6'4", Kuruks, he's taller, but he really plays like he's 5'4". Joe Harris is like 6'6". There's no real forwards out there, so you need Allen, who's a seven-footer, to be around the basket all the time. And, you know, with the bench, it's the same deal. Those The bench guys are short, too. So you need Dante Hall to be around the basket all the time. So they're not even guarding the center most times because they just need to commit so much resources to guarding the basket otherwise. And so Serge got going. Even Mark got going, man. I mean, Mark versus Kuroks, like, Mark was like the Kool-Aid man, just, like, bursting through a wall and getting to the basket. Like, Mark's not even explosive like that. Mark's just, you know, a a super strong grizzly bear kind of dude. But, like, he's, even he was getting in to the paint and scoring. And so when you get, what, 35 points from the center spot for the Raptors, it's game over, man. It's, It's game over, you know? So... That was great. OG hit his threes. You know, he did his thing, you know, defensively. Uh, you know, he helped, uh, you know, cause a couple of deflections. And, of course, that that big rebound plus spin move plus dunk. I mean, whew, man, OG, buddy, looking really good these days. Um, Kyle got off the hot side. I mean, even because, like, Rondé came in and chipped in. Here's the thing. So, the Raptors had, look, Serge, 22 points. Norm came in 17 minutes. Pretty good def- a perimeter defender, um, you know, in terms of his quickness, you know, had a lot of possessions guarding Chris Chioza, which whatever, man, you can make all these dumpling jokes all you want, but like, he's at least a guy who's, you know, uh, you know, like an Ish Smith type, I guess, at best, can move around, you know, passer, definitely a pass first kind of guy, you know, he's quick, he can, he can penetrate, and Norm was doing a good job sliding his feet, you know, a couple of bad fouls calling Norm, whatever, but Norm played well too, Norm came in, you know, he did his thing, Serge obviously did his thing, and even the deep bench guys came in, right, so Matt Thomas was the first... Well, actually, no. Rondé is the first guy to come off. Rondé came in. He was nice um, in the sense that he was able to sort of find a couple of gaps in the defense, get open, get to the free throw line, get to like a little layup. Yeah, he misses some shots, but, you know, that's you know that's what it is. I thought it was actually interesting that Nurse trusted Rondé to guard Karis LeVert, especially for that bench unit. Uh, obviously, Rondé has been a net for a very long time. Karis has been a net for a long time. Uh, Rondé seems to be friends with Karras as well. He knows his game inside out. I'm sure they probably spent countless hours guarding each other in practice. Um, so Rondé obviously, you know, was able to guard Karras. You know, Karras got the best of him once or twice, but, you know, to be to be fair, they weren't sending the type of help for Rondé as they were for Kyle or Fred. Um, Serge was a little slow on that front. But, uh, you know, Rondé had a nice shift. And then even Terrence Davis in the second half came in with a very strong shift. I mean, you know, he hit a three off a broken possession that was, you know, TD had the shot. It was open, but it was like late shot clock situation. Probably one of his first shots of the game. Bang, hits the three. Then Kyle finds him with a hit head pass. You know, TD driving one on two in transition. I'm thinking, oh, no, this is not great. But TD breaks through the pressure like a, you know, running back, you know, gets the layup for an and one. Uh, hits another three, you know, gets the free throw line. I mean, he finished with 11 points in 12 minutes for TD. That's that's a fantastic effort for him. And even defensively, he made some pretty good um, reads, too. So, um, you know, the only guy who really struggled was Matt. I mean, Matt, you know, you know, he spaced the floor, I guess, but couldn't really get a shot off. He got one open look. He missed that, unfortunately. But even Matt came in with three assists and a steal in seven minutes. It was a plus 11. I didn't think he did that much, but, you know, still, he was fine. Um, the Raptors bench even played well, so... Uh, I mean, you know, when you add all that together, what, with pretty much everyone doing the thing, um, you know, the Nets lose by 24. And, and yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what you should expect. Uh, you know, some people, I saw some people get on Pascal. I know people are expecting this, like, superstar performance from Pascal, but, man, this guy had 18 points, 11 rebounds, you know, defended. You know, he made 
more closeouts than anybody. The Raptors really rely on him to run guys off the line. It's an exhausting job, I'm sure. Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball great in terms of his finishing near the basket, but the fact that he was aggressive uh, was definitely something I appreciated. The guy got nine free throw attempts. The Nets obviously have nobody inside to guard him. He should be able to get to the rim, and he did get to the rim. So I didn't think it was a lack of aggressiveness. Didn't hit his threes that that well, one for four, but you know, still a, a decent effort from there. You know, Fred was asked about after the game. You know, and of course, you know, Fred is a guy who's you know been with uh, Pascal. Obviously, they came in as rookies together. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, they, they they won the G League championship together, everything like that, right? Um, they won the NBA championship together, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he gave a great quote about Pascal after the game. He said, quote, we're eight and one. To be honest with you, I'm tired of answering that question. Pascal's good. We're worried about the bottom line, wins and losses. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, whatever. I, I would say Pascal is missing a lot of makeable shots. Sometimes he's a little predictable with his reads right now. He's, you know, charging into the lane. Defense will get loaded up on him and whatever. But he did a good job passing out of the post. And I only got one assist, but, you know, just watching the way he played was good. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I I, I think, honestly, I'm just going to call it now. Pascal have a 30-point game in this series, uh, and I don't think we should worry too much about it. Really do think he's, he's his touch is just a little bit off right now. And who knows, man? I mean, you know, I think the Raptors can beat the Nets even with Pascal struggling. But I also think this series is a great chance for Pascal to get going. And so I thought I had no issues with the way Pascal played tonight. I like the shots that he took. I like the reads that he made. It's okay. It's fine, man. Literally, if we're complaining about 18 and 11 in a win, what are we doing? Um, so, yeah, I mean, though, look, the Raptors played well on the whole. Um, you know, in terms of any defensive issues... It's interesting that Lavert handled the, the pressure so well. I mean, 15 assists. I can't remember another player that's had 15 assists against the Raptors this year. Obviously, they've trapped and, and doubled some pretty good passes. Like, they did that to Luka. They did that to LeBron. None of those guys had 15 assists. Um, so, you know, credit Lavert. And it wasn't like the Nets were hitting that well from three. They only shot 13 of 42 for 31%. So, it's not like he just, you know, found a lot of open three-point shooters who were hot. You know, Lavert was very impressive. And he got a variety of assists, you know. You know, the lob to Allen when it was open, you know, the finding the shooter, stuff like that, you know, slashing into the rim, kicking it out. He's a baller, man. Um, so he he's going to continuously be a problem. I think the Raptors um, did some nice things, obviously, throughout the game, as I mentioned, but they're going to have to keep coming up with more plans. Lavert is a guy who's very dynamic. Um, you know, if I'm looking at the rest of the roster, Joe Harris getting 14 shots. I think the Raptors can do a better job defending him there. I think, obviously, he's an active guy. He's, you know, and he's not just a three-point shooter, too. I mean, the fact that he got, what, he, he made eight shots, only three of them were threes. That means he made five twos. And some of them, I mean, he drove against Surge. He finished there, too. Like, he's an active scorer. Um, the Raptors are putting a smaller guard on him right now, usually Fred or Kyle, whichever one's not guarding Levert. You know, again, this is where, where you could just put OG on him, maybe, and, and maybe put someone else on Garrett Temple. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harris is a guy who's active. He's willing to shoot. He's willing to move. He's willing to get to the mid range. He's playing really well. He had a nice game today too. So shout out Joe Harris. I think, you know, the Raptors can guard him a little better. And then the other guy is Luau Cabrero, man. This guy, oh, he is shoot. He is lights out right now in the bubble. Six of nine isn't even that far from what he's shooting inside the bubble. He's shooting like 54% from three inside uh, Orlando. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't remember this guy being this dangerous. He used to be obviously on the Sixers. And then he obviously came to the Nets. I don't remember him having a lot of great moments against the Raptors, but damn, inside the bubble, he's been playing really well. And uh, he basically started the second half for Brooklyn today as a power forward. So, 
you know, it, it when he does that, you know, he's it's way more dangerous than when Kuruks plays. Kuruks just sucks. Period. That guy just sucks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can see that as an adjustment, but also. I don't know, man. I mean, how much are you really... Because, like, who else do they have off the bench right now, right? Like, Tyler Johnson, he's kind of their sixth man. He was a minus 29 tonight, and he had seven points in 17 minutes. Like, you know, not great, man. Not great. Chris Chioza, not great. So, you know, um, yeah, I don't know how much the Raptors need to change. I think they can roll over the same strategy. Just have a couple more things for Levert, but I think for the most part, um, they're, they're doing okay. In terms of your three stars from this game... Um, First star has got to go to Fran Van Leet, 30 points, 11 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, a block. Uh, I always love when Fred and Kyle have blocks. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to imagine sometimes. Uh, but yeah, 39 minutes, 11 of 14, uh, 15 shooting, 8 of 10 from deep. The highlights, the crossovers. Man, Fred is... Listen, Fred, Fred has been the Raptors' best player inside the bubble. Full stop. Like, he has been incredibly good. And today might have been his best performance of the season. I mean... The efficiency was was the next level. Uh, second star, I'm giving that to... I'll give that to Serge. 22 points, 7 rebounds, th- uh, 3 assists, a block, 8 of 14 shooting, 2 of 4 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 26 minutes. Super productive effort off the bench. This is exactly what you need from Serge. Obviously, he can't do this all the time. You know? You're know, you not going to play the Nets all the time. But in this specific matchup, I expect Serge to do this basically consistently. Because outside of hitting some jumpers, which can come and go for Serge as we know... You know, he should get whatever he wants against the Nets, man. They're backup center right now. And they don't. They basically don't even have one, right? And they don't have power forwards either. Serge, I need you to get the offensive rebounds. I need you to get the putbacks. Serge played well tonight. Came in with energy. Came in with purpose. Poise. Hit his first couple of jumpers. And he was just rolling. And so... And, of course, the, the fourth quarter defense against Levert, you know, him trapping at a three-point arc. Very useful. Um, you know, Mark can do it too, but Serge is a little bit more mobile than Mark is. Uh, and Serge did a great job of pressuring, not fouling, forcing the passes to be difficult, and then rotating as well. So, you know, I I, I, I do think Serge can do a little bit better job protecting the basket. You know, um, I, I, you know, Jared Allen did get him with a uh, stretch dunk, but you know, for the most part, Serge played well. So he gets a second star, and then your third star. A couple ways you can go with it. I think you know, uh, Pascal, you know, had a decent night. OG had a decent night. You know, but and Mark had a decent night too. But I'll give it to Kyle, man. Just the way he set the tone. Again, this man took three charges in the first half. Three. And he had a pull-up three. Now, he, whatever. He was ice cold in the second half. Couldn't get a ju- jumper to fall. But 16-7-6. Plus 26. Game high. No one else even, you know, what's the next highest? Plus 17 for Surge. Like, you know, or 18, plus 18 for OG. Like, he's eight points ahead of everyone else. And a lot of that is just Kyle came out and set the tone for the team. He basically was like, look, they take this game seriously. I'm going to take a couple of charges. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to save a, couple, a bunch of points with my defense. You know, guarded Levert, guarded Levert really hard. This guy set the tone for the team. And that's just how the Raptors are. You know, Kyle's going to set the tone. Everyone's going to follow. And when they do that... And especially when they do that against the Nets, they're going to win. So, uh, in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to Timothy Luawu Cabarro. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Man, it's 9 of 13 from, from the field, 6 of 9 from 3. A smooth player right now, really in a groove, driving the ball well, slashing well, you know, getting open, relocating for 3 well. Doing good stuff, man. I mean, shout out to this guy. He's really um, made a you know name for himself, honestly, because he was a former first-round pick. I believe from Megalex. Which, uh, you know, you know, sounds more like a video game character than uh, it does like an actual basketball club. But yeah, I mean, he's he's developed well coming after coming over from Europe. So, um, you know, great game by him. Twenty six points again. Was not expecting that from uh, Luawu Cabrera. 
But yeah, on the whole, the Raptors played well. You know, the Raptors take game one. They play game two, what, Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, I would like everyone to call in tomorrow uh, to the live call-in show uh, with me and Josh. We are taking calls at 12 p.m. noon. Um, you know, please give us your reactions to game one. Please give us your thoughts on what's going on with the team. Uh, you know, whatever. Call in. Uh, you know, bring some jokes and, and listen. If you can call in, actually, this is an idea Josh had. But if you can call in, leave us a review on the iTunes, uh, you know, uh, podcast charts. Um, a that helps us with the show. If you leave, especially a flattering review like five stars, please. Honestly, if you're not gonna give us five stars, just don't leave a review, okay? But you know, leave us a review and write your question there. And if you do that, we can get to it. Of course, there's still the YouTube, you know, live streams that you can put into the chat. We'll address questions there. But on the whole, man. You know, uh, it's, I'm expecting good vibes in that show. So call in tomorrow. That's Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can watch live on the Iowa Sports Canada YouTube page. Uh, call in to me and Josh. And, uh, yeah, things are going well. So we're up to stay game one. You know, obviously, uh, this is probably the most stress-free game one uh, ever. I mean, even in that game one where the Raptors beat the Wizards or game one where the Raptors beat um, Philly last year. Man, Kawhi had 45 and Pascal had 29. What a game. What a game that was. But this was real stress-free, man. I mean, they were up 32. They are up 33. And whatever. They gave up the lead uh, partially. But you're going to take your foot off the gas pedal when you're up that much, man. I mean, so. But, you know, what was encouraging was Raptors were able to regather their strength. And I look forward to a similar performance um, on uh, Wednesday. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. Call into the show tomorrow, rate, review this, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See you game two. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 